Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. in the ham shack my name is richard kb5 jbv and i am one one of the presenters of this uh outstanding uh never award-winning program <laughs> well let me introduce to you up in up in the northern country in between the booby mountains up there in arkansas uh, russ k5 tux uh, how you doing this time around russ oh i am doing just fine things are going well uh, I actually got the house cleaned up yesterday, so I might actually play around in the ham shack when I get done here recording for tonight. So things are definitely looking up and we are going to have some changes to the format, slight changes to the format, which shouldn't really affect people who are listening to us tonight, but you already heard the, the original change and you probably didn't even realize there was a change. So hope, hopefully, uh, the less you notice, the better off we're going to be. And we have a guest tonight, so do you want to introduce the guest, or do you want me to do it? Is it Fab? No, it's not Fab, but we will have Fab soon. I've already talked to him, and he has agreed to come on the show, so that'll probably be next episode, but we have a different one tonight. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, the, from from Mintcast, y'all y'all listen, from, from Mintcast, we have Harrison, VE2HKW. Most of you didn't even know he was a radio operator, I'm sure. Of course, um, uh, you had to be listening to the show, which uh, actually has improved over the years. Anyway, uh, Harrison, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Harrison, VE2HKW. Um, and uh, although I don't think Richard's asked it yet, I'm uh, doing fine uh, up here in uh, the Great White North uh, called Canada in uh, VE land or VA land or VY land or VO land, however you want to call it, but it generally begins with a V. Anyway, uh, back to you, Richard. <laughs> well, yes, he is up there in the Great White North. The Great, yeah, the way, uh, it's too bad we can't get that MPAA thing worked out. Not to be MPAA, them other guys. Anyway, well, uh, so it's uh, um, actually not all that great white. It's actually the all we have is ice out in places that don't have ice. It's just grass, and we haven't had enough winter for me to even go to a neighbor's and clean a driveway. Well, there you go. Global warming in action is getting hotter up there and cooler down here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. It's supposed to be in the seventies for the end of this week. Must be even warmer for you down there, Richard. Uh, well, actually it's been kind of warm, but unfortunately it keeps going back and forth down here. It'll be freezing one day and in the seventies the next day. So, uh, I'm about to die. 
<laughs> but that's okay. That's because you're, okay. you're getting old and your body doesn't know what to do anymore. Yeah, I've been having a hip issue for about two weeks now, and I don't even know where that came from. That's because so, you're tragically hip. Uh, well, I'm tragic, that's for sure. <laughs> so how's your life been going, young man? Oh, it's uh, been interesting. I uh, tried to contact uh, one of the guys in the chat room via kind of a prearranged contact on 80 meters, but uh, the skip distance isn't long enough to go from uh, Oregon to uh, 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 Quebec here, so it uh, didn't work out. But uh, other than that, I've been having a bit of fun up here on HF and VHF and uh, eh, just been sitting around here waiting for you for you guys to figure out how to count one minute and so on and so forth. Well, everybody knows Richard from the South, so he's just a dumb old feller. <laughs> I'm not sure what Russ's excuse is. He's from, what, New Hampshire, Russ? Yeah, well, I think we're we're both intellectually challenged this evening, but that's okay. Well, that's okay. See, they tell you that red meat like makes your intelligence level go down and i've been around a lot of it place i work the red meat comes in sawdust form sawdust form yeah buddy it, it can be a helper hindrance been good dreams so far but i know the nightmares are coming <laughs> so what's shaking in arkansas Russ? not too much i suppose we should probably get to a show here at some point uh harrison's going to join us in the second segment for a little banter about amateur radio licensing in an international sense. And of course he's welcome to pipe up anywhere in between and before and after. But since I actually uh, did some stuff in the ether pad and we have some things to actually talk about, maybe we should do that. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting here uh, cussing ping FM at the moment because it's acting up. It, it does work on this machine uh, when it decides to. When it decides to. Around here, it's been normal uh, death and destruction kind of thing. You know how Richard's life is. Uh, it goes from good to bad to worse to, to better to worse again. All right. So everybody's awake in the chat room. Hello, everybody in the chat room. And uh, we we do need to get this ball rolling. So let's go ahead and hit that, hit that uh, segment that you all know and love announcements so tell us about the dalton ham fest in dalton georgia russ to be honest i don't know a single thing about the dalton ham fest i just wanted to bring a few announcements of events to our listeners because some of these are getting pretty close as a matter of fact i believe the dalton ham fest will have occurred by the time i actually get this episode released but if for some reason it doesn't or i get it out early which some of the changes we've made tonight may help with uh, that is this Saturday, as of the time of this recording, February 25th, and our ambassador, who happens to be in the chat room tonight, K4RJJ, that's Ronnie, will be down there in Dalton, and he's also offered to go to the KARC Ham Fest in Marietta, which is suburban Atlanta, on March 17th. So he is actually going to ambassador for Linux in the Ham Shack at both of those events. That's right, and if we could get Ronnie in here, if he had a microphone, he could come in here and talk to us about it, but <laughs> all we can do is poke fun at him in the chat room. Which we're doing mercilessly. 
Well, not yet, but we we, we will get on a roll as the night progresses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got the Northwest Northeast Linux Fest in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yes, yeah, spoke, spoken in like a Texas. <laughs> <clears throat> Up in Kennedy Country. Yes, exactly. And Out, we are still looking for an ambassador. We indeed are. And I don't know if anybody who listens to this show is actually living in the central Massachusetts area or near Boston who could be an ambassador for us. But if there is someone who's listening to this and would like to do the Northeast Linux Fest, please get in contact with us. Just send your info to info. Oh, no, not info. Send your info to ambassadors at lhspodcast.info. And we'll get you set up with a booth and a bunch of stuff to give away and some cool stuff. And you'll get a free T-shirt if you want to hang out at the Northeast Linux Fest. And that also is on March 17th this year. So if you want to do that, you're going to have to get in touch with us pretty darn quick. So if you if you want to do that, please get in touch with us. And that, that would help us out a lot. And if we don't have an ambassador for that event, then we don't. If we do, we do. Well, there you go. Um We'd like to see somebody head out that direction. Unfortunately, that's a little out of range for everybody involved at the present time. So, hey. uh, if you, huh? Well, how I, far? I'm, I'm close to that. I can't make it though. But <laughs> Quebec is I mean, not exactly close to Worcester, especially for someone who doesn't drive yet. Well, that's uh, true. <laughs> I'll be quiet now. <laughs> he, need, he he needs an ultralight. Ooh, an ultralight. That sounds good. Or a Vespa. Mm. Uh, uh, or a Vespa, Vespa that converts into an ultralight uh, an ultralight Vespa exactly you know I know y'all can't stand it when I stop in the middle of things and tell a story but I have to tell a story I was working at this club back in the 80s and there was this one gal that worked there that uh, she was an entertainer by the way and she used to bring her Honda scooter inside the building and park it in the kitchen uh, she had to okay everybody and, and all that good stuff. But, you know, these girls not only was there to be seen, they were also there to sell drinks. So one night she uh, uh, went past her quota of drink selling and was leaving the building. And she got on her Honda scooter and moved very slowly across the parking lot. And when she got to the speed bump, something happened and she hit the throttle. And that Honda scooter went straight up in the air about seven feet and came straight back down on top of her. So you have to be careful. You really need an ultralight scooter. Uh, uh, we will have to look into that. Something made out of carbon fiber and aluminum, I think. We, we, will, have to, we will get back to y'all on that at Linux in Hamshack. Now, Rich has done gone off a different direction. And, and we diffuse the whole Massachusetts thing because, as usual, we don't know what we're talking about. And uh, so tell me about the difficulties with the website, Russ. Okay, just a quick announcement that if anybody was trying to check out Linux in the Ham Shack over the weekend, you may have noticed that the website was down periodically. There is something going on with the server where it tends to lock up every so often. I have not yet determined whether this is an attack on the server or if there's just some sort of misconfiguration that I'm not seeing. Um, I have put in some added uh, denial of service attack prevention methods in place to try and mitigate any problems, but just let everybody know that the website may be on and offline over the next couple of days. I am working on it. And I will make sure it gets fixed as soon as possible. But if it happens to be down, then 
Don't worry about it. It will be back up soon. Do you do you reckon we've run afoul of anonymous? I tend to doubt it. Did you find any Guy Fox pictures in the in the on the server? No, I haven't found anything incriminating or uh, suspicious yet. But well, let me let me say this to to anonymous. If we have offended you, we are sorry. And if you do want to leave any anything on the server, please make it naked pictures. Naked pictures. Lots and lots. Or you could just send us a donation. We'll put our own naked pictures on there and look at them. <laughs> that will allow us to head to the liquor store um, previ- previous to and after working on the server. So somebody's laughing. I can hear them laughing. It was me. Oh, okay. I'm not telling anyone about the on the now. All right. So um, on this end, uh, but we really don't have a lot of announcements on this end. My week has been very f- busy as usual. It's been filled with life and death and and all this other good stuff. So uh, I really haven't had a lot of time. In fact, I I ended up calling the Aries Net a while ago in 17 minutes. There is training net. So, um, yeah, it's not been a good week for me to research stuff. So, uh, let us move on to the most exciting topic of the evening. Um, excuse me. Uh, the KE five WMA in the chat room, uh, um, just mentioned that the, uh, let me see if I can pronounce this right. The Acadiana ham fest on March 9th near Lafayette, uh, Los Angeles, just wanted to point that out. Oh yeah, Lafayette, well, Los I Angeles. Was, uh, looking at chat room. Uh, yes, the uh, Acadiana Hamfest on March 9th in Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, if y'all are able to get down there and uh, and see that, yeah, y'all let us get back to us and let us know how how that uh, how that's going down there. Uh, it appears to be a big party according uh, according to what it says here in the chat room. And um, y- you know, bring us back naked pictures. KE5WMA also states that there's a New Orleans ham fest on March 24th. He's going to keep us in here doing ham fest all night, ain't he? <laughs> New Orleans ham fest on March 24th. Uh, where would that be? New Orleans. <laughs> now, see, you've got that wrong. Now, this is how Richard's going to say it in a different way. Go ahead. Well, it depends on whether you want me to say it in Texan or Louisiana. No, say it in Louisiana. Nolens. Yeah, Nolens. One word. Ah. <laughs> yes, I, I I spent a week in Louisiana not too terribly long ago, and I got tutored in uh, several things. And you don't say Louisiana, you say Louisiana. Louisiana, yep. Down Louisiana. on the bayou. Which is an interesting sort of segue to something that's going to happen later, because as of this recording, or this evening, happens to be Mardi Gras. So we're going to have a little bit of a sort of Cajun Creole Zydeco flair to the evening, and we're going to party down like we're down in Nolens. Um, there you have it. And just hope we don't run a, a foul of the anonymous voodoo segment. That scares me. They stick pins <laughs> in your Guy Fawkes mask. mask. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> All right. We, we, we've done fooled around. I want y'all to know that we're way behind schedule. The folks listening after the fact... So uh, we're going to try and get moving. All right. So topic tonight, tell us about Linux utilities, Russ. Well, there are lots of Linux utilities, as everybody knows. Lots of GNU utilities, we'll call them, so that RMS won't come and hunt me down. But 
there are a couple that I have found recently that might be of particular interest to people who have Linux machines and who happen to be interested in what kind of performance their machine has in performing a couple of different tasks. I have been interested lately in finding out how my machines are performing both via the network and via disk access because I've been looking for bottlenecks in that performance area because I've got a couple of machines that are sort of getting on in years and I've been wondering if they're, you know, worth trying to keep online or replace or do something else with like set on fire or whatever. So there's a couple of utilities that I found that are based on the top command. And uh, is everybody on the conference familiar with top? I'm familiar with top. Yep. Uh, 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 Say yes, Richard. (laughs) Yeah, I like the color one. I can't remember. H top. I like that one. Yes, H top is a variant of top as well. And uh, if anybody is not familiar with top, what it does is basically shows you all of the running processes on your machine and highlights the most active processes, whether it be in CPU utilization or memory utilization or both, depending on how you give it some command line arguments. Now, the default behavior is to give you some header information, which shows your available RAM, um, swap space, load average, uh, CPUs, some basic statistics that might be of interest to you about what your machine is doing and how much of it is being utilized. And at the bottom, you'll see a list of the top processes, the ones that are using the most processor and the most memory on your system. And this can be useful, especially if you're troubleshooting, trying to figure out what's hogging all your resources, or if you're just interested in what's going on in your machine And this can be particularly useful if you are uh, trying to debug like an attack. If you have a statically linked binary for top that's running off, say, a utility CD, so you're not running it on a compromised machine, it can show you when an attacker has dropped some processes on your box that you don't know about where their hacked utilities will hide it from you. But what if you're interested in more than just memory And CPU usage, what if, for example, you're interested in your Ethernet interfaces and what kind of traffic is traveling back and forth across your network and you want to see which sites on the Internet are using the most bandwidth, for example. There is a utility called IFTOP, Indigo Foxtrot Top, which stands for Interface Top, which is modeled on top. In other words, it shows you a top-down list of the most used to the least used, but what it is is connections to your machine and from your machine and how much data is passing into and out of your machine and which connections to which hosts are using most of your bandwidth. And not only that, it tells you how much bandwidth those connections are using and it will even show you a nice NCurses-based bar graph of which is the highest utilization and what percentage of your total bandwidth is being used by all of the connections to your machine. So if you're wondering what's connecting to your machine and how much bandwidth is being used, IFTOP is a neat little tool for doing just that. And there are several options you can give to IFTOP, including what interface you want to monitor, 
You can give it filter rules so that you're only looking for certain kinds of traffic. You can specify which ports you're interested in uh, and several other options. You can just do a man on IF top and it will give you all of the relevant information or you can do an IF top dash H and that will give you the basic options and rules for running IF top. So uh, I found that very useful in uh, seeing what's banging on my machines via the network. So are you guys familiar with this or uh, is this a new one? Well, actually I was just looking at IF top and um, I kind of like that. I may have to find a place to get it running and leave it running so I can see what's going on with it. In fact, uh, I'm not quite sure what all the things that we're showing up in there are. However, uh, it seems to be a very useful tool uh, as far as uh, keeping up with what's going on with your uh, in and out through your network. Or Yeah, and that's exactly what I found useful about it. And it's also, it, the best part about it is it's sort of like a heads-up display. Everything is just shown to you right, you know, right top down, highest to lowest. And so if you want to figure out what's hammering on your machine, it's right there in front of you and you don't even have to go look very far. I'm uh, just wondering, do you have to run IF top with the SIDO uh, prefix? So you can either fix the permissions for your user on the ET80 device, or you can just run it under sudo. Um, I just wanted to note that uh, IF top is similar to IF config. I, 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 when I came from the Windows world, I always thought it was IP config, referring to like an IP and configuring it. And when uh, Linux used IF config, I it was kind of foreign to me, but now that you mentioned that it, IF stands for interface, it kind of makes sense. So IF top and IF config kind of go together there. Just yeah. wanted to point that out. Yeah, any of the IF commands basically represent networking, and it makes more sense to me that it's relevant to the interface, not the IP address, because there are a lot more parameters you can set on an interface than its IP. So the Windows use of IP config is a little bit strange, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's IF top. Um, there's another command that deals with interfaces that I don't want to get too far into. You can explore it at your leisure. Um, there are many, many options to it that if you check out the man command for IF stat, India Foxtrot stat, it's uh, similar to IF top. It just doesn't give you quite as much information. But what it will do is it will periodically monitor, and I think the default is every second, the current utilization for the interfaces on your machine. Um, you can also give it some options where you specify that you only want a certain interface, that you want the interval to be a different amount than a second. You can do only one iteration. But by default, it just will every second will show you how many how much data has passed in and out of your system on each interface for that time interval. And it will just keep on spitting out, you know, every second, two seconds that you specify. And of course you can tell it that you want to only check on certain hosts, certain ports, every ten seconds, every minute, you know, only on a certain interface. You know, there's lots of options. Just check out man if stat. And one thing I found useful is that you give it, if you give it the, let me see what I did here, if stat dash i and give it an interface like eth0, 
and then specify 0.1 and 1, it will only show you one iteration and it will show you how much data passed in and out of that interface in that amount of time. And you can use that since it's only one line of output, basically, you can use that for scripting. If you wanted to, for some reason, input or output to a script, how much data was being used over a certain amount of time, you could do ifstat-i, an interface, a time interval, say 10 seconds or a minute, and one iteration, and then use the output of that in some script that you may be writing that might be useful to somebody. Um, I haven't really used the ifstat command much, but there it is. Well, let me get to the last one here, and then we can get some, some music, some Zydeco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the last one is similar to the first one, which was IFTOP, and this one's called IOTOP, India Oscar Top. And what this one does is basically the same thing that IFTOP does, but instead of for network interfaces, it's for disk I.O. This will show you what applications are running and the top applications that are writing and reading from your local hard drives. So you can see how much data is being read or written and how fast data is being read or written. And this can be particularly useful if you're trying to troubleshoot, for example, a hard drive problem where you've got a lot of bad sectors causing some really slow write times, or if you have a process that's spending a lot of time writing data to disks. You know, since disks, especially Mechanical disks are some of the slowest read and write media in a computer. Uh, you definitely want to know where bottlenecks occur here. And there's only a few options to this where it will, where you can change the polling interval. Uh, you can specify which processes you want to watch instead of all processes. You can change how the output is formatted and you know a few things like that nothing real special but basically just typing iotop will give you some very useful information about how much data is being read back and forth from your disk these are all some pretty useful linux tools that may not have come up in the lexicon of you know many people who are just sort of desktop users but uh they can be useful and you should check them out they're all in apt-get install away on debian mint and ubuntu if you have any questions, you can go ahead and let us know. So I think that's about all I have on this, unless someone has uh, any comments, anything in the chat room they want to discuss. Also, on a side note to this, um, I at least for the uh, top programs or the programs that are based on top, um, you use the QT, the Q key to get out of it. Uh, so if you uh, before you hit the X on the corner of the terminal, you just hit Q. Yeah, the Q I does quit. The first time I used top and. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to get out of it until I, until someone said, use the Q key, and then I uh, managed to get out of it. Right, and there's also a bit of um, internal command syntax in some of the top commands, where Q does acquit, but there are also other keystrokes that do other things that sort of change the output, or change what you're looking at, or change the display units or things like that, or you can enter filter data and things like that while the program is running. Uh, if you want more details on how to do that, just check out the man pages and they'll give you all the details. So I'm done talking for a little bit. Are we good? Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, he, would, he wouldn't say boo when we started this thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I couldn't let you have all the limelight. Russ has said just about everything he could possibly say about IO Top and IF Top and all this other stuff. And uh, he, I guess he's going to play some music now. You going to play some music now, Russ? I am going to play some music. We're going to make my life easier and we're going to make Bill's life easier because he's not going to have to figure out what the music is after the fact. I'm just going to tell you. And we're actually going to let the people in the chat room who are listening to the live stream get to hear it too. So since it's Mardi Gras and everything is happening down in Louisiana and I happen to like the sort of Cajun, Zydeco, Chaison, accordion type music, I found a couple of selections along those lines. And we're going to do the first one now. And the first one is by a guy named Reggie V. Granoff. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. But anyway, this is um, a great little Zydeco song that I found on Jamendo. It's called Rainbow Over the Bayou. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and start this. We're all going to mute and we'll see you all on the other side. Okay, kids, uh, we got a special treat this evening. We've got uh, Harrison, VE2HKW. I think I told y'all at the beginning of the show, but, uh, you know, Richard's been hitting the head a few times. Um, Harrison is with us from Mintcast, of all places, and it turns out that Harrison is also an amateur radio operator, and uh, we decided to bring him on tonight and see what turns his crank as far as amateur radio. And who knows, we may even uh, may even pimp his show a little bit. Um uh, you hear that, Larry? 
All right. So, Harrison, uh, how are you this evening? I'm fine. Uh, um, well, actually, uh, I've only been an, uh, uh, an amateur radio operator since uh, December 28th of last year. And uh, so I haven't been in it for long. So here are uh, the responses to um, different things will uh, be from a newbie amateur radio perspective. Um, so uh, just wondering, should I uh, just go ahead and start talking about myself or wait for you to ask a question? Uh, just well, I mean, you know, go ahead and say, you know, we, we ramble. We have been accused of rambling and we ramble. So uh, <laughs> we could do this. Well, why don't you tell us how you got in the hobby? Well, uh, it uh, started uh, with my uh, Uncle Peter. from uh, he, he lives in, out in Ontario. And he uh, brought a radio um, to my grandparents' place and uh, decided to show it to me. And this was back quite a few years ago. Um, and I didn't really grasp the concept of uh, amateur radio, but uh, then he uh, showed it to me a few more times and I met up with a bunch of others or encountered a bunch of other operators who uh, I uh, talked with and it uh, um, turned out that uh, I had a local club in my area, the uh, Covey Hill Amateur Radio Club. Um, and if anyone's interested in that, their uh, website is uh, ve2cyh.org. Um, and uh, one of the members uh, lives in my town, uh, Gary. And I, I go over to his night, go over to his night, go over to his place uh, for, uh, on Friday nights to uh, get on the uh, Friday evening nets that they have. And uh, my uh, Uncle Peter, I, I guess you could say my Uncle Peter. Uh, um, inspired my interest into amateur radio, but uh, Gary um, kind of answered uh, the questions I had about it and uh, helped me along the way on a more uh, practical standpoint. And uh, not to say my uncle Peter didn't help at all, but he he helped quite a bit. Um, but uh, also uh, Gary's uh, wife Jeannie, uh, um, she's also an amateur radio operator. And uh, anyway, uh, Jeannie, every time I'd go over, Jeannie would always go, well, I don't know why you don't take that test, Harrison. It, it, I, I took it, and it was fairly easy. I mean, I, I got a 90 on it, and, uh, well, anyway, there's another whole other story and comments that she made about it, but I won't, I won't go into that tonight. I'd be here for another 12 hours. <laughs> but anyway, I uh, finally decided to take... Um, the uh, test on uh, December 26th and I passed with uh, 80% out of 100 questions so uh, I, I felt fairly confident and the next day I went into the hospital um, because of a medical condition uh, pericarditis which was apparently caused from a virus I had but uh, while at the uh, Montreal Children's Hospital I uh, went and found out they had a computer there so I checked my emails and I had an email from Industry Canada saying well Here's your verification code. Go here, create an account, type this in, and uh, then type in your call sign and get it. And uh, then uh, my uh, then I got home. My uh, birthday was the uh, 30th of December or the 30th of December. 
Um, and my uncle Peter called me and mentioned that a uh, friend of his who was getting out of the hobby had some uh, radios that he was uh, willing to give away to a uh, aspiring amateur. So I ended up with an uh, IC735 um, about two weeks after I got licensed along with the uh, um, manual tuner and uh, my uncle and I built a, a G5RV antenna and uh, another ham in the local area said that uh, he had a radio that was just kicking up dust and uh, he decided to give me a Yaesu uh, FT2800 and uh, that's worked, has worked really nicely on a uh, Cactus J uh, J-Pole antenna made out of copper pipe on uh, 2 meters. Uh, unfortunately I don't do uh, 70 centimeters because I don't have a radio for it but I'm planning to get a uh, ho or hoping to get a, a D-Star radio soon that uh, supports both uh, 70, 70 centimeters and uh, 2 meters. And uh, what the heck, if I, <laughs> if I have enough money, I think I'll go out for an ID-1. But the um, guy in our area who set up the uh, D-Star repeater in our area was mentioning that uh, on the, uh, the uh, gigahertz frequency, it's uh, very touchy in the sense that you have to have a good line of sight to the repeater. So uh, just a note on that. And uh, let, let me see here. That that about brings us or brings me up or that brings everyone here up to date on uh, my amateur radio experience. Well, there you go. As as we say it around here, we say <laughs> other words we get tongue-tied a lot here so don't worry about that too much um you know you you know what you're doing because I've, I've heard you talking on the on the other one and we'll pimp the show later y'all y'all just hang on we'll, we'll get to pimping it well I, you know we, yeah we were talking about d-star and irlp and echo link uh during the break and uh you know that makes me wonder um you know what kind of stuff it sounds like you've been working hf and uh and VHF since you got licensed. What other, what kind of stuff are you doing? In fact, um, we're, we push uh, uh, using your Linux box as much as possible uh, when you're doing your amateur radio stuff. Uh, what kind of stuff have you been doing since you got licensed? Well, I've mostly been doing, uh, as you said, the two-meter stuff, and I've been doing uh, single sideband on 80 meters around uh, 3.730 uh, around that frequency um, but uh, other than that uh, I've uh, only I create a little audio cable that uh, plugs into the phones jack um, on the radio and plugs into the audio in jack on the computer and uh, I managed to fire up FL Digi and listen in on a uh, um, RTTY conversation but uh, or a RIDI conversation I always say RTTY I'm not sure why but um, Unfortunately for me, uh, FL Digi st started once, and uh, now it won't start because it's complaining that uh, the Jack audio server is borked or something like that. So I have to look into that. And hey, if you do a tip, maybe that could be the tip. <laughs> but I honestly don't know how to fix it. So, or I don't know how to fix it as of yet. Yeah, well, that's something you may have to look into. I've been quite successful. I've got a couple of cheap sound card interfaces that I purchased from Buxcom. Uh, I, when I say cheap, they're about half the price of uh, uh, some of that stuff out of West Mountain Radio. 
And um, I've had pretty good success uh, with FL Digi and stuff, but chances are they're probably just a kink in the audio server. And uh, um, I don't know a whole lot about that kind of stuff. Russ does, though, because Russ is the, like, audio guru. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about Jack, though, because I haven't played with it. And if you're actually using it, you might want to ask yourself why. Well, it's because FL Digi is saying that it can't find the Jack server, so I'm... I honestly don't know why either. It's just saying that it has to be running or something like that. Well, it sounds mm-hmm. like your FL Digi might be misconfigured to use Jack then because there's it's unlikely unless you specifically installed Jack to use it um, for a multimedia application or for a virtual soundboard that you would even have it installed. So you might want to check your FL Digi config to make sure that you're trying to use, say, Alsa or Pulse Audio as opposed to Jack. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, the uh, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I configured it for uh, Alsa, but uh, I must have not hit the right button, and I guess it got configured for Jack. But, uh, um, yeah, the, <laughs> that's been, I've only been really doing SSB and FM, um, and only really local contacts. The uh, actually the furthest guy I've ever talked to is actually Russ here via IRLP. But uh, some people don't count that as a radio. And well, well he uses it, it. It depends who you are. Yeah. But, uh, the furthest person I've talked to on uh, um, on the uh, HF rig here was in uh, Indiana somewhere. If I if I find my uh, log. That's somewhere down here, but I don't know where it is right now. Um, but all my log papers I uh, wrote down, uh, everyone I contacted, and uh, the um, I, I've I've heard a uh, Jamaican station on eighty meters, but I, uh, I I don't have any QSL cards right here, so I tend to refrain from uh, responding to uh, or trying to get in on a pile up only to. Um, get in and be asked for a QSL card and say that I have none. So I I tend to stay away from those uh, types of conversations, and um, but I'll I'll, I'll generally uh, be ready to, uh, as the saying goes, rag you with anyone. But uh, that's uh, what I've been doing with amateur radio. Well, um, you know, most people are pretty understanding, and if you have to start out with postcards, uh, I remember when I first got licensed, uh, first person i worked on hf was a 14 year old kid in uh, puerto rico and he didn't have cards and i didn't have cards and we uh but we both agreed at the time to go ahead and send each other postcards so i sent him a postcard with a picture of jackalope on it and he sent me a picture of the uh the uh radio astronomy dish down there because he was just outside of arecibo and <laughs> you get to thinking back about things in 20 years from now, you'll be thinking back to some of this stuff and it, it will really make you feel good about what you've done so far in the hobby. So, um, all in all, uh, what do you find in positive and negative about the hobby so far being a new ham? I like to hear perspectives on that. Well, uh, the, the positives are the, uh, people I, uh, talk with, they all generally have something very interesting to say. Um, I, uh, I've been on the, uh, ONTARS net and the Sandbox uh, Roundtable net and, uh, <laughs> some of the topics that 
get uh, brought up on the uh, sandbox net are uh, quite interesting. But uh, more on the negative side, I uh, I remember trying to listen in, or trying just to listen to the uh, Mississippi phone net, and uh, I mean the the day I chose to listen to it, the propagation was good. But because the propagation was good, that also meant that everyone was tuning up and talking, and I heard about three different conversations on the same frequency. And I'm not sure if anyone realized that uh, they were talking over anyone else. But uh, I, I just find it annoying that when uh, people come to a net um, and just tune up over the net, and then, I mean, it it's just a pet peeve of mine. Well, um, you know, I, I try uh, to make sure that the frequency's clear. I'll listen for a bit, um, and o- obviously, I've—I mean, even the short time I've been operating, I've probably tuned up over one, at least one guy that I—I uh, I listened to the frequency quickly, but I may have uh, not heard him. But I—I I hope I didn't. But sometimes it does happen. Well, you know, you know, uh, HF is a little, little strange that way. Uh, the higher you go in frequency on HF, the less likely you are to hear both sides of a conversation. And there may be you know, the way propagation is they, they may be able to hear you great when you can't hear them at all. So, uh, a lot of times on HF, uh, there's not really an excuse for it on VHF and UHF because. Chances chances are you can hear both sides, but um, you know forty and eighty. Well, I guess y'all are on eighty meters there. Seventy five is the phone band here, and um, you know you, you generally can hear uh, both sides of conversation. But you know, and you, it's not just people talking over each other. A lot of times, it's uh, they actually really can't hear each other. <laughs> but um, uh, what else? Um, uh, on the topic of uh, 75 and 80 meters, um, in Canada we call it call 80 meters what you call 75 meters. For us, 80 meters is 3.5 to 4 megahertz. Um, and just wondering, what's uh, 75 meters for you? Is it the same? Uh, well, se- 75 is roughly, uh, I think it's 3.675 to or thereabouts to to four. Um, below that, the CW portion of the band is referred to as, to 80, as 80 meters, uh, ah, which is right. down lower than that. But, uh, yeah, and everybody, most people just call it 80 meters, but uh, there is a, a little bit of a difference between the two. It's, it's one of those things somebody that's been around for years will distinguish as opposed to somebody that's only been licensed probably a, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I have the uh, papers here showing what the frequencies are because uh, I'm not sh- the I, I uh, don't exactly trust my uh, 735 here to not transmit out of band if let's say I go to uh, 7.31 to and that would that would be uh, technically out of band. So well, you know, I had a 731 that was just like that, and I sure miss that old radio. Oh yeah, the the seven thirty five is a really nice radio. It, mind you, it 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 pales in comparison with the features of newer radios. But for um, receiving an audio quality, it it's a very good radio. So. Oh yeah, could, I had I had the I had the whole station, the power supply tuner, and the radio. Yeah. So, yeah, here's pimping the uh, twenty year 
20 year old? Yeah, 20 year old piece of technology, the uh, IC735. Well, it may even be older than that. I, I know there were quite a few of them around when I got licensed, and I'm coming up on QCWA right now. Okay, so enough rambling. <laughs> because <laughs> i'm old and uh i told you i got stuff older than you uh around here and uh <laughs> some tube type stuff i suppose you will know what i said earlier before we started and if y'all want to hear it after the fact you're gonna have to go listen to the uncut version so <laughs> let, let, let's go ahead and move on a little bit um oh my Oh my. Yes. Oh my. Oh my. And, um, <laughs> all right. Enough of this silliness. So, um, I know a little bit about the licensing structure up there in Canada. I've, I've talked to quite a few. In fact, I've got a whole boatload of V's in the, in the QSL card file, but a lot of folks don't know what it's like up there. And, for the most part, in my opinion, it's not a whole heck of a lot different than it is down here. Well, um, with the uh, Canadian licensing system, there are two main licenses. There's the basic license and the advanced license. And within the basic license, there's kind of a subset. Like if you the uh, the passing mark on the basic license is seventy percent, um, but if you get eighty percent or higher, you get the basic plus license or basic with honors. Most people just call it Basic Plus for short. And what the uh, basic... Well, first of all, the basic license entitles you to the VHF frequencies. All modes um, at 250 watts uh, DC input power to the uh, finals of the uh, radio. Um, And uh, you get um, from 50 megahertz and above and all the allocations. Now, if you get 80% or higher, you get the basic with honors or the basic plus. Um, that gives you all the um, amateur bands at a uh, you, at the same power, uh, 250 um, amp or amp? No, watt. Two, I think it's, yeah, 250 watts uh, DC input power. My uh, mind slipped me there for a minute. Um, it's it's the exact same test. Uh, the test is 100 questions. Um, range much more varied than the uh, technician exam. Uh, I've tried the technician exam. I, I just after I got my license, I went to to qrz.com, and I just decided to try the uh, practice exam for the technician uh, license. And I just it, it's only thirty five. I I feel cheated. You you guys only have thirty five questions for your uh, two uh, lower exams and fifty questions for the extra. But uh, I, I slogged through the 100-question exam and got uh, 80%. Um, so I have uh, HF and VHF privileges. Now, the advanced qualification um, gives you 1,000 watts of uh, DC input power. And the ability to hold a club call sign, the ability to hold a repeater call sign, and the ability to build your own equipment. With the basic and... I'll just refer to it the ba- when I say basic, I mean both the basic and the basic plus licenses. Um, with the basic license, you cannot build your own equipment. You cannot build a test. You can only buy commercially made equipment with the basic license. With the advanced license, it gives you much more freedom, and it um, it'll allow you to <laughs> essentially build your own IC seven thirty five. Although I, I I wouldn't want to do that. It it, it 
probably take me forever. But uh, that's uh, the bit benefits of the advanced license. Um, and uh, the also just I don't have it written down here, but just on a side note, the uh, Canadian call sign system um, in Canada, uh, the call signs are prefixed with either with um, for mo- most of the provinces, it's either VE or VA. Um, they were running out of VE call signs in a lot of the provinces, so they switched to, they added the VA call signs. Um, and up in uh, none of it, uh, Northwest Territories, or wait, I think Northwest Territories are VE9. Um, it's either, I think it's the Yukon, um, the Northwest, or the Yukon, none of it, Newfoundland and Labrador, um, PEI, and Nova Scotia that have VY or VO um, uh, prefixes. Those are So if you hear a VY or a VO, it is Canada. It's just uh, one of those uh, places, either up in the north or out in the Maritimes. Um, so giving, giving this, first of all, stop in the rambling, and uh, giving uh, the, uh, um, it, an example about myself, uh, because I live in Quebec, I... I'm in the, um, uh, I guess the number two zone. Quebec has is a number two, so I'd be VE two, and then the last three letters are of my own choosing. Um, if I were to go to on, or if I were to move to Ontario, I'd have to change my call sign to a VE three or a VA three call sign, and uh, it kind of progresses across the country to BC, which is VE seven, um, and uh, wait, uh, I think uh, Northwest Territories is VE eight. Um, and the funny thing is, is that the Maritimes all, all back uh, quite a few years ago used to just be VE1, all the Maritimes, but, uh, that, uh, kind of broke up and V, um, I think, no, wait, Nova Scotia got VE1 and New Brunswick ended up getting VE9. So VE9 and VE2 are right beside each other, which is uh, kind of ironic, but, uh, uh, and also any, uh, um, province with a VE prefix also has a VA prefix to go along with it. So that's why when I was mentioning in the beginning of the podcast, I could have either gotten a VE call sign or a VA call sign. Um, and also with two-letter call signs in Canada, the uh, the coveted two-letter call sign, um, that you have in uh, most of the provinces um, where the availability of uh, two-letter call signs is 80%. It has a, um, or basically, if 80% of the uh, two-letter call signs have been used, um, the the following rules apply. Uh, you have to be an amateur for five years to get a VE or a, a, a two-letter call sign, um, and uh, I think there's one or two other requirements, but I can't remember them right now. But uh, moving on from uh, that uh, side note, which kind of was a little long, um, the, there is, if I remember correctly, I think there still is a Morse qualification in Canada for five words per minute. But uh, all that is is if you uh, want to go the hard route and you don't want to take your uh, basic over again to try and get the basic plus, you can always take the Morse code test and you'll get your HF privileges that way. Um, 
And also the uh, ban. I, I know in the U.S. they have a very kind of strict ban plan where if you have the technician class, you're limited to these frequencies. And in general, you're limited to these and extra, you get everything. Um, in Canada, it's a voluntary ban plan. So um, I, I actually have the ban plan posted up on my wall here. And uh, on 80 meters, the lower end of the SSB portion of the band ends at 3.725. But if I wanted to go to 3.720 and call CQ, I could. Um, although it, it's not recommended by any means, um, there's it's all voluntary. Um, and also, you probably wouldn't get anyone, or at least in Canada, but it, you, you can do that. Um, uh, and uh, also, I was uh, going to do a bit of a comparison of the U.S. system to the Canadian system. Um, the basic license in Canada is similar to the uh, technician license um, in the sense that uh, you get VHF privileges. Um, uh, but the only difference is, is that with the technician license, I think you get some voice privileges in uh, 10 meters, and, or yeah, voice in 10 meters, and CW on other. Uh, other bands um the basic with if you get between 70 and 79 percent you only get uh vhf bands um the basic plus is similar to the general in the sense that uh you get um the hf bands along with the vhf bands but the difference here is that the basic the basic with honors qualification um gives you all the bands all modes for the entire band, like from three, uh, an example being 80 meters, 3.5 to 4 megahertz. There's no, like, chopped up section that you there. You can't go here, but you can go here. You get essentially everything. Um, and the advanced license in Canada is similar to the extra class, um, in the sense that you get everything um, plus. Now, the one thing that I don't know about the U.S. system is. At what license or at what class of license you can uh, build your own equipment, or if it doesn't matter and you can just build your own equipment anyways. Well, you know, um, it really do, it really doesn't matter. They there's some nitpicking about type accepted stuff uh, in some areas of equipment, but for the most part, um, there's not a lot of not a lot of problem with building test gear and stuff like that as soon as you get licensed, but. You know, normally the guys that want to build stuff like that, they go ahead and get their extra class license anyway. All right, because uh, in Canada you have to have the advanced in order to do that. And uh, uh, on another, another, this will be a short side note. Um, the advanced qualification is a fifty-question uh, um, database where you have to get seventy uh, percent of the pass rate. Um, so each question is essentially worth uh, two points. With the uh, basic, it's uh, 100 questions, so each uh, question is worth one point. Uh, and uh, that that's about it. I've probably talked for uh, long enough. <laughs> uh, if uh, anyone, I uh, dis decide to set up a uh, blog on the server I have uh, downstairs here in the uh, ice-cold ham shack, um, which uh, in the colder parts of winter does get uh, ice cold, but down to uh, what uh, thirteen degrees Celsius. Yeah. So yeah, it gets a little chilly down here. Um, but uh, the uh, website, uh, if uh, people want to have a look at uh, my uh, ham shack, is uh, 
kylenet.dyndns.org forward slash blog. Um, and I'll say it phonetically. It's uh, Kilo, Yankee, Lima, Echo, November, Echo, Tango, dot Delta, Yankee, November, Delta, November, Sierra, dot Oscar, Romeo, Golf, forward slash Bravo, Lima, Oscar, Golf. And uh, also, uh, before before I forget too much, uh, pimping Mintcast, uh, that being mintcast.org. Um, and I, I don't think I'll need to say that phonetically, but uh, uh, and also uh, over over on the uh, other podcast, uh, Mintcast, that is, um, uh, we finally got live streaming set up. So uh, if uh, people want to join us Monday nights at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, what would that be? That would be oh, what's that'd be actually zero hours UTC. So. Um, so eight Eastern or zero UTC, uh, 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 come on over to uh, irc.spotchat.org in the channel hash mintcast, and uh, you'll be able to chat with us. And uh, if you need the link, we'll provide it. It's also in the topic in the channel. So uh, I hope uh, I didn't over pimp it, but uh, I'll uh, let uh, Richard take it from here. Well, I actually tell you the truth, I was going to get you to talk a little, a little bit more about it, but that's okay because I can run my head for a while too. I've been sitting here quiet, just chomping at the bit. You're 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 lucky you didn't get the uh, legendary clicking pen because <laughs> I tend to. I've sit heard here, about the clicking pen. Yeah, the legendary clicking pen, but that but that's okay. Yeah, y'all go on over and check out Mintcast. Uh, there's a lot of good information over there, and it, the show has. Uh, really improved over time gotten better and better uh i quite honestly i haven't listened in a little while but i need to get back to it um the guys have got a really bang up show over there and uh i'll tell you it's uh, it's well worth sticking into your podcatcher so y'all go on over and check that out we're gonna get all this stuff in the show notes for y'all and uh Y'all can go check it out. Russ has been awful quiet over there. See, Russ and I are the left out children because we have what are called advanced licenses down here in the States, which is uh, an extinct license. It does you, They don't issue them anymore. So, uh, Weren't those we, for disabled people? No, 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 oh. no, no. Stupidity is not a disability. Thank you very oh. much. <laughs> no, I, I just saw, I remember reading about the advanced license in an old book uh, actually, I have it right here. The twenty-first edition of the Radio Handbook from we've taken a lot. We've taken a lot of restructuring over the last twenty years. Uh, we had five licenses, then we dropped down to oh no, then we went to six licenses, and then we uh, dropped uh, dropped one, and things got moved around. And I'm not sure. I guess Russ just hadn't had time to go uh, go take his extra test or something. I know that when the when they uh, got rid of the advanced license, you could go ahead and take the written portion of the extra test and uh, go ahead and upgrade your license. But I was off the air during that time, so I didn't hear anything about it and that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a whole great big convoluted kind of thing. So that's okay because uh, when I got licensed down here in the States, uh, you had to have a frontal lobotomy to become an extra class operator. So, uh, hey, uh, it, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. What? What's a uh, 
frontal lobotomy. <laughs> that would be, be the surgical removal of your frontal lobe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. We used to give a gefellin a WX5M, Vernon Ganey, uh, God rest his soul. Uh, we used to give him a really hard time because he was the king of the golden screwdriver. He would stay hitting. Sure enough, he'd whoop that screwdriver out and stick it in a radio, and the radio would never work again. So. <laughs> <laughs> so did you doze off over there, Russ? <laughs> oh, maybe just a little bit, but no, I didn't. Oh, well, okay. And, uh, yeah, uh, we'll go ahead and get all those show notes caught, caught up. Y'all go check it out over on the website. Y'all know where it is. I, I, I'm bore everybody with saying it too much, but just because it's lhpodcast.info, uh, I'm not going to say it this time because if I say lhspodcast.info, uh, then I'll be boring y'all with it again. So we're not going to say lhspodcast.info. Yes, Richard. <laughs> and quite honestly, I think it's mintcast.org, but I'm, I'm, I really can't tell with my glasses. Okay. I really can't tell with my glasses on. So, <laughs> so I'm sure that Russ has us some music to play us into the end of the next segment. What you got over there, Russ? All right. Well, in keeping with our Zydeco and Fat Tuesday Mardi Gras theme, we're going to play uh, a song that everybody should know. It's called Twist and Shout, but this is recorded by some folks who do it Creative Commons. So let's all sit back and listen to some nice uh, Fat Tuesday Mardi Gras music. We'll be back on the other side to wrap everything up.
bring your mama, bring your papa, bring your sister too. They got lots of music, lots of room, and when they play you a waltz from the 1910, you're gonna feel a little bit young again. When you learn to dance with a rock and roll, you learn to swing with a dulcet, but you learn to love at the feather dome when you're in the Jolly Blanc. Saturday night and the moon is out, I'm gonna head on over to the twist and shout. Find a two-step partner and a cage. In fact, I think Mary Chapin Carpenter did a version of that that I kind of liked. Okay, and we are back, kiddos. Let's see what we got going in the Etherpad, if I can ever get back over there, because this confounded stuff here thing, Bob, thing. Russell, you still there? I am still here. Yes, I am. And Harrison is still here, but he's muted, so we can't hear him. What do you mean? No, we can still hear him. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear I can hear the furnace blowing up his backside. Ah, there you go. Uh young man getting never mind. Anyway, <laughs> so uh we're going we're coming down towards the end of the show. We're going to hit some feedback and some stuff like that. Thanks some folks and all this good stuff. So uh we got some donations, did we, Russ? We did. We got three donations. We got one very generous donation from Steve S, who happens to be a member of the amateur radio club that i was a member of back when i got licensed i happen to be hosting their website now and doing some updates for them and keeping them in the public eye as much as i possibly can and he wanted to thank me by donating to our 2012 hamvention fund and i know i didn't mention that at the beginning of the show but we are pushing to get to hamvention again we are about a third of the way, maybe a little more than a third of the way to getting all of the money we need to get a booth again at Hamvention. So if you don't mind and you have a couple of bucks to spare, even $2 will work. Go ahead and go over to lhspodcast.info, click on the donate button, and you'll see our little donation thermometer rise until we hit the, the goal and we can all show up at Hamvention again and be happy and visit with our ham radio friends and we'd really like to do that so if you don't mind that'd be great so thanks and to great, and with the great big stinky exploding toilets and everything yes hopefully that won't happen again <laughs> <laughs> i didn't spend so, yeah. a lot i didn't spend a lot of time at the outdoor exhibits last year and um i'm, I'm gonna try and get out there more so i'm hoping there's not a lot of uh, raw sewage that i need to dodge in order to do that so make sure you take a ventilator to ham engine. Yeah, we're going to start a separate fund to get Cheryl and Russ uh, respirators for ham engine. Of course, most uh, most of the ham engines, uh, ham fests I have gone to in the past, you needed a respirator anyway. So uh, who else? Okay, we also have a donation from Paul G. Paul Agolf, who uh, sent us a very nice donation. We thank you. That's gone straight into the Hamvention fund. And we just got a donation tonight from Bill H. While the show was recording, in fact, a donation from Bill H. 
So thanks very much to Bill. It also went into the Hamvention Fund, and our little thermometer rose just a little bit. So I am hopeful that we are going to see everybody out in Hamvention. Well, I am anyway. Richard probably won't, but, you know, we're still working on that. We'll see how it goes. I have to go and check out this uh, thermometer. Well, yeah. it's on the website. It's a, oh, it's a it don donation can thing. Yeah, works really cool. In fact, if you get it out there, and if we can get everybody to donate enough money between shows, then we won't have to do the show. So... <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, uh apparently we got several mentions on twitter from neptune 78 um that's another one of those google alert things that are hit and miss over here um did he say anything nice about us uh he didn't say anything nice or not nice it's just that every once in a while when he listens to linux in the ham shack or listens to podcasts apparently he posts on twitter that he is doing so and in every case mentions us so that's always good whether it's it's not negative let's put it that way it's almost as good as follow friday i pick up six or eight new people on twitter over follow friday uh, apparently there are yet still folks out there on twitter that have not heard of me well i'm i know there are lots of people on twitter that haven't heard of me and i guess i should mention i think it's k8pez k8pez kilo eight papa echo zulu because I think it's every follow Friday for the last like two years. He has mentioned me. So thanks, Steve K A P E Z. Well, there you go. And he does the same for me. And we're also available on uh, the other social networks and stuff. That's all that crap that's at the end of the show that y'all never listen to. So listen to it this time and then you'll know how to catch up with us. And we're also available <laughs> for catering weddings and children's parties. There you go. That then, well, I'm not allowed to go around small children anymore. Oh, I see. Their straining order is not over yet. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what are you doing talking to it, Harrison? I think you're within a thousand miles. It's them doggone marsupials. <laughs> I'm telling you, marsupials. Uh, All right. right, enough of this. Uh, on the website, uh, a website comment uh, we got from Serge O N four A A reads as follows. How are we supposed to make publicly uh, publicity for LHS when we are not allowed to use the LHS logo even for nonprofit purposes? That does not sound much like open source to me. Do you plan on uh, uh, cashing in on the logo? Heck, I can even uh, I can even not put a graphical crosslink from my site to lhpodcast.info. Uh, sorry for sounding so harsh, but if this is needed to revi be re to revise your policy on this, I am happy to do so. Kind seventy three D E surge O N four A A. Now this would be the point at which Richard would uh, be flip and say something nasty, but I'm not going to do that because I thought that uh, everything on the website was Creative Commons at this point. Uh, is that not correct, Russ? Uh, that is actually not correct. The The part that uh, references what is Creative Commons on the website refers to the audio content only, and I suppose I should make that a bit more clear on the website. The only thing that's really not Creative Commons is, in fact, the logo. And the reason for that is because the logo cost a considerable chunk of change. So I don't necessarily want the logo to be used 
for whatever purposes people might want to use the logo for. And it's not that I don't want people to use the logo. I just want to have them ask permission to use it before they do so. That's all. So I did respond uh, on the website to Serge's comment, and here's what I said. Serge, I never said you couldn't use the logo for cross-promotion via the web, just for the initial purpose you asked about. And I'm not going to go into specifics on how he wanted to use it in the first place, because it's really no one's business except mine and Serge's. But let's just say I didn't want him to use it the way he had suggested. Uh, I don't mind people using the logo in certain ways. I just request, because it's a copyrighted work, that permission be asked first. If you'd like to use it on your website to promote us, by all means do. Hope this makes sense. Take care. 7-3, Russ. So, that's what I said back to Serge. If anybody else is interested in using the logo for something, I will probably grant permission for most uses. There's only a couple I can think of that I would prefer not to have it used for. Uh, one of which Serge happened to ask about. But all you got to do is send us an email and ask about it, and uh, we'll probably let you use it. So that's pretty much all there is to that. That's right. So if you're gonna if you're gonna strap it to a a, a letter bomb or something, please don't. Uh-uh, no. Uh-uh, no. <laughs> if you if you're gonna be hanging around schoolyards handing out uh, Linux and Ham Shack logo stickers, nah, don't do that neither. Um, okay, that, that's really a couple sure. I didn't think of. Yes. So um, if you're going to be enticing Linux kind of gals over to your place simply by flashing our extremely hot logo in their direction, uh, that might not be, unless, of course, you send some our direction. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm a little more, I'm a little more open to that one myself. But uh, that, uh, you're rambling, just, Richard. I do that. I do that. <laughs> in fact, ask Larry. Larry will tell you, I do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> trying to keep you out of trouble here, Richard. It's not working. Oh, well, uh, anyway, so um, yeah, Serge, uh, y'all have to work it out with Russ because Russ is like in charge of the website and stuff, and I'm, I'm just a dumb old guy. I can barely make these computers work, especially this damn Linux Mint. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> oh, where were we? Buttons, aren't you? <laughs> I know I'm not pushing. I, I can. I'm a born butt pusher, and I can do it. I'm good. All right. So um, our next piece of feedback, uh, we're gonna have to be a little serious on this because I don't want uh, the the person who's seen it to think that I'm 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 upset, angry. Uh, he knows how it is when you have a show and you have to make people giggle. So uh, we got an email from Larry Bushy. If y'all remember, a few episodes back, we we discussed. Uh, that uh, uh, he making he was cracking jokes about us, so we'd crack jokes back. Anyway, he says, guys, three things: Linux in a ham shack, episode uh, seventy-two, is indeed fine art. Yes, we ramble too. That's uh, I think that's his second one. And Tom is back in black. Actually, he is back and is out of the black mold. Uh, thanks for the mention, guys. Uh, he says he is uh, laughing his badger off, and it's signed Larry. So, Larry, Larry, you know we love you, man. You know you were one of the first people I came to to do that banner promotion thing when uh, I first started my podcast and your podcast was getting getting going and all that other stuff. You know, man, you, you – uh, uh, 
Going Linux is one of our shows, and you guys do a really, really great job over there. So uh, uh, I was just pulling your leg. Russ, on the other hand, was serious. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> make nice with Larry, Russ. <laughs> I always try to make nicey, nicey, kissy, kissy with Larry. It's always nice to hear from Larry, too. So, um, Good to hear from you guys. I'm still a uh, avid listener of going Linux, except for the computer America shows, which I still refuse to listen to. Um, but that's not Larry's fault. That's just the fault of the radio broadcast medium, which I can't stand. So thank you very much for your comments on episode 72. And I'm not sure why he called it fine art. I think we must've mentioned something about that during the show. I honestly can't remember that far back, even though it's only two episodes ago. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, glad to hear that Tom is back and feeling well and good to hear about your new uh, amateur radio co-host over there and uh, many, many happy returns on uh, the future of Going Linux podcasts. And uh, I'll, I'll be a listener for a long time to come. So thanks, guys. That's right. Larry and I, Larry and I used to talk to each other a lot via email and uh, we just don't talk near as much anymore. But uh, yeah. And as far as the community, Computer America episode, I, I liked some of them, but uh, unfortunately they get go a little long, and uh, that commercial quality thing just uh, uh, it's one of the reasons I quit listening to my favorite Spooks Inspectors program. Harrison, you like Larry, don't you? Oh yeah, I like Larry Bushy. I'm just wondering why we don't hear from him over at Mincast. Well, <laughs> that's because we don't talk about him enough. Well, no, most of the, in the past when we were uh, emailing regular, it's like I would send him an email. He would send me one back in response and then it, it'd go on for a while. We, we got, we got along pretty, got along pretty well and I guess still get along pretty well. Just remember, Larry, we, LHS loves going Linux. You can put that, you can actually stick that in the show if you want to. And Mintcast does too. <laughs> and Mintcast does too. You have it from Harrison. All right, so uh, let's see what else we got from the website. Leaf has been added again. KC8RWR. Let's see. I wasn't. I was. <laughs> I wasn't That's pissed off. I was poking some fun too. I'm sorry it came out that way. I don't remember which one thing Bob were talking about. But hey, Leaf, we were just we were just poking fun at you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what he's talking about there? I I don't know. There was there was some consternation about comments made one way or the other, and honestly, I think we were all just having a good old time, and maybe it got just a little too serious for a second. But that's okay. It's all over now. It's all in good fun. It's it's all in the past. And Leaf KC8 RWR and Linux in the Hamshack are good friends, and we will be till the end of time. Well, you know that's that's because Richard is a nut. And and he says stuff, uh, so because it's entertaining, it's entertaining. <laughs> well, people tell me it's entertaining. I just think it's my normal worldview. Harrison says that I I don't live in the same uh, reality y'all do, but that's okay because uh, I, stuff gets said. Man, I I I know that Colin and Martin weren't happy with me for a long time. No, oh, that's okay. <laughs> I don't know. You know those Irish? They carry a grudge. Well, and uh, you know, as far as Bert and Ernie, uh, they're Bert and Ernie. I always got to take a shot. Actually, it's not even Bert and Ernie anymore because I, I prefer to take the shot at Bert. Uh, Ernie is hardworking young man. 
with a nice new studio and a really interesting chroma key screen. Um, anyway, I haven't been there, but he showed it on a video one time. So uh, that's all the feedback. Thank you all for showing up this time. We uh, we uh, uh, like to thank Harrison and Mintcast for joining us this evening. Uh, we'll probably get him back on so we can actually talk about uh, computers and stuff at some point. But um, we'll just have to make sure he doesn't have the furnace blowing up his battery. And, uh, y'all, if you want to get a hold of me, you send an email to kb5jbv at gmail.com kb5jbv at gmail.com or come look me up on the social networks i found out i'm still good on identica so uh y'all y'all identica twitter facebook all I'm, i got about 400 of them plugged into the ping fm interface so that uh, we can send out stuff when we're going to do the show so uh, with that i'm gonna toss it back over to russ while i think of something witty to say oh no um, you have to think of something witty yes Okay. Can I uh, give my contact info too? Sure. Nope. Let's go ahead and give your contact information, then I'll go ahead and finish us out here. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Richard said no. In that case, my turn. No, 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 <laughs> okay. no. Harrison, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, Harrison, uh, V2HKW, and you can uh, contact me either by uh, my podcast email, uh, harrison at mintcast.org, H-A-R-I-S-O-N. That's uh, how I spell my name. Or if uh, you want to contact me on more amateur radio-related things, you can catch me at uh, ve2hkw at gmail.com. And uh, honestly, I'm, I, I'm on Facebook, but I honestly don't use it. So I, I'm one of those weird teens that don't use social media. <laughs> but uh, you, can, I mean, you can always catch me on email, or you can catch me on IRC at uh, either... Uh, you can catch me on Freenode. I may not respond for a little while, but uh, you can generally catch me in the LHS podcast channel. So with that, I'll toss it over to Russ. All right. Well, thanks once again, Harrison, for being here. It's been good to have you, and uh, everybody should go check out Mincast, mincast.org. My name is Russ, and I am K5TUX at LHSpodcast.info. If you want to contact me, go ahead and send an email to that address or send one to info at lhspodcast.info, and that will go to both Richard and I. So uh, check out the website, lhspodcast.info. Send us a donation if you can. Go ahead and leave us some voice feedback at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Leave us a comment on the website. Mention us on Twitter. Check out me on all the social networks, Google+, Identica, etc. And uh, I'm J.R. Woodman, or K5TUX at 73s.org. I think at this point everybody has the contact information for all of us, so thanks for listening to episode 75, this Mardi Gras episode of Linux in the Hamshack. And I'm going to send it back down to Richard, who's going to say... Well, I'm just going to say from down here in Forney, Texas, or Heartland, Texas, or wherever the heck it is, I'm pointing the pistol at the brand new Linux Mint machine. This is Richard, and we'll see you next time.